Hello and welcome to this podcast brought to you by Argus Media, a leading independent provider of energy and commodity pricing information. This is the first episode in our Metal Movers podcast series. I'm really excited about this. Um, and I know Jennifer Betts, my colleague here with me today, is really excited about this. Um, we're going to explore the latest developments um, across ferrous, non-ferrous, scrap, battery, and specialty metals over the course of this series. Um, but today, we're talking about a topic near and dear to both of our hearts, and that's that's scrap, uh, particularly in the U.S. market, and a lot about ferrous scrap, too. Um, so we're going to go through kind of a, a very hot topic today, which is mergers and acquisitions going on in the U.S. Uh, scrap and steel space these days. Um, as way of introduction, my name is Blake Herdick. I'm the editor for Argus Metal Prices and oversee all of our America's coverage. We've got a team of 11 here in the U.S. Um, covering every type of metal you can imagine. Um, I've been with Argus for eight years now and really enjoying um, the metal space in these dynamic times. Um, I'm based out of Houston, Texas, um, where we are just we are just mercifully awaiting the first fall cold front because it's still really hot and humid here. Um, I'm joined by Jennifer Betts um, from sunny Southern California, um, the envy of the office. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, Blake. How's it going? So maybe give us a little bit of background on who you are and yes. your role here at Argus. Yes. So I am Jennifer Betts. I am the VP of Business Development for Argus Media in the metal sector. Um, I come from the industry, 15 years of trading non-ferrous, ferrous, scrap metal. Um, I've worked at companies like Nucor, AK Steel, um, as well as scrap yards like Becker Iron and Metal. So I've kind of done the full raw material spectrum um, during my career. And I've come to Argus to kind of, you know, lend a hand, ex- some experience and, um, you know, help promote and uh, encourage the industry to get out there and read the news and, you know, have better educational uh, tools at their hands for everyday business. Yeah, we're, you're out there doing the uh, the really hard work of making the stuff that our team produces gets into the right people's hands and the right eyeballs on it. Um, and we've been doing a lot of news and coverage over mergers and acquisitions. Um, it's a bit like from my old sports writer days covering like the trade deadline in baseball. Uh, it's pretty crazy out there. Yes, it's a little overwhelming if you're trying to keep track of everything that's happened over the past even, you know, three weeks, let alone past, you know, three years. Yeah, and I, that's what today I kind of want to just run through some of the biggest, most relevant moves we've seen. Well, we could talk a little about the implications for that, um, because truly, because of especially where you see where we were last year, because of COVID shutdowns, that impact it had on the steel and scrap market, uh, it's done a complete 180, and we're in like a totally new environment today. Um, and I, I am, you know, tongue in cheek, um, kind of dubbing this the scrap Game of Thrones right now because everybody's vying. For what I would call literally a scrap iron throne. Right yes, now, you know? absolutely. I mean, it's very aptly named for right now. <laughs> what 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 was the iron throne if not literally a bunch of scrap swords melted together, you know, exactly. repurposed and reused? It's kind of a beautiful exactly. thing. But to take my metaphor a little a little further here, I mean, I think you've got Nucor. They're like the Lannisters. They're really deep pockets, you know, really well established. You've got <laughs> Uh, I think U.S. Steel is like the Targaryens. So they were, you know, used to be the most dominant factor out there, and now they're coming back because they've acquired a couple of EAF dragons, yes. right? And now they're yep. coming back. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs up north, and they're like the Starks because they kind of are were kind of regional and 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 focused on one thing, and now they're getting into they're uh, one of the largest flat rolled steel maker all of a sudden and really making moves. 
Mm-hmm. And then even up north in Canada, I think you've got like American Iron Metal up there. Like maybe Herb Black's like the king of the north, you know, uh, making some moves <laughs> into the U.S. Uh, so I'm going to end it there because the metaphors just get messier. And the more yeah, you we're just going to say that's to season three. We're not going to see seasons <laughs> five and beyond. Those uh, still hold. Yeah. It, but anyway, it, it's exciting seeing how everybody's making very strategic moves right now. Um and for for you know a lot of kind of fundamental reasons out there. Um, so let's, let's just get to it. I mean, let's start with the top here. I mean, we're we're recording this right on the heels of the big news breaking um, about Cleveland Cliffs buying um, Ferris Processing and Trading or FPT as the the market mm-hmm. knows them as um, most commonly. Um, Detroit-based scrap processor, large large operation, 22 locations, five shredders. Um, according to the release that we reported um, that that we reported earlier this week, uh, Brad McCauley, a reporter in Pittsburgh, had the story. Um, 15% of the prime market, prime scrap market in the U.S., which is a big a big chunk um, per their kind of stats. Uh, 775 million dollars for this one too. Uh, Just a small chunk of change. That's all. Yeah, I mean, you know, and put it in context, steelmakers are printing record profits right now with steel prices where they are today. Hot rolled coil just a shade under $2,000 a ton, while scrap mm-hmm. has obviously been a little bit flatter. Uh, so margins have been very, very wide um, for, for steelmakers, and they're, and they're putting their money to use here now. And Cliffs, being newer, the newest, you know, probably steelmaker to the Electric Arc Furnace steelmaking game, uh, now has some scrap um, that they're going to be able to control a bit better. Uh, you know, what, 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 how's this deal strike you? Uh, I... You know, if, if you're thinking uh, like management at Cleveland Cliffs, I mean, honestly, FPT is going to be your your best and first choice. If you're trying to take a page from the Nucor and the SDI playbooks, who are literally crushing it in terms of margins this year, um, you need to secure your scrap supply. If you're switching from an integrated model and you're moving towards EAFs, electric arc furnaces that use more scrap, in your steelmaking process, you need to get into the scrap game and you need to do it quickly. So instead of going and buying one, two yards here and there and taking decades to get up there, you go for an already established, already has contracts with a lot of the industrial accounts that secure the bushling, the prime that is really the main scrap grade that you need to make that high-end seal. FBT is, is a clear choice for you, especially because of their locations. Their locations are essentially surrounding the Cleveland Cliffs Mills. They're they're in the vicinity. So you're not going to have huge transportation costs. Uh, you can make sure that your scrap flows are going to those mills. And they're profitable. I mean, that's also an <laughs> added bonus of securing that large and that successful of a scrap company. Yeah, th- this was a splash for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're gonna make make an entrance into the scrap market, uh, this is a, a headline grabber for sure. Um, I, and and to, to kind of your point, I mean, there the geographies overlap very very sensibly, right? So you have FPT very much involved in the Detroit market in Northern mm-hmm. Ohio, um, and you know where where and where is Cliffs making most of their their high end steels these days? It's right in that kind of Midwest Upper Ohio Valley area, right? So with the old AK Steel and Arsenal Middle assets up there, um, and, and I think it's gonna be fascinating to see what it does once this this deal is expected to close by the end of the year, sometime in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Once that actually goes through, how this changes up the supply dynamics up there, because you know you have 
really one of the largest independent EAFs in the Detroit area up there, um, Blue Scopes, North Star Mill, which, you know, is kind of one of the biggest kind of spot buyers out there because they don't have any recycling um, operations of their own. FPT, obviously a natural supplier to them as well. Um, now that they are going to be wearing Cliff's polos around, uh, you know, it could change up the di- market dynamics a little bit. And I think competition for those industrial accounts up there is going to get really, really hot uh, yes. and contested going forward yes. right now. Absolutely. Um Obviously, I think most people are thinking all of the tons that FPT does is going to go to Cleveland Cliffs. That's what people are thinking. That's why Cleveland Cliffs is, you know, purchasing FPT. Um, if you take a look at Nucor and SDI's playbook, though, they don't always do that. They don't always send their own scrap to their wholly owned steel mills. They're going to do that a lot of the times, but if there's an opportunity to make more money and to essentially charge your competitors higher dollar amounts for scrap to kind of squeeze their margins, they're going to do that. And so, yes, I think there's going to be probably some supply cut off from Northstar, um, but it's probably not going to be as great as what people think. I think you're still going to want to see tabs um, being kept on what competition is doing, and that is how legally you can get around it. If you're competing with someone, you can still do business with them, and it's not um, uh, antitrust by finding out essentially what they're paying for their scrap. It, it's it's a way that other steel mill companies and other trading companies have handled it in years past, and this is going to be a good way for Cleveland Cliffs to get into that game and get into that knowledge game. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's, the dynamics are going to be fascinating to watch play out here, um, and it's you know we'll probably start seeing some of that coming into pass late this year and early next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, and I think uh, kind of the other big ones moving on here, uh, just prior to this, and it feels like yeah, every week there's been a new deal. Uh, the what, prior week, uh, Newcore confirmed and uh, made official. A couple big shredder acquisitions um, made by David J. Their sub- scrap subsidiary, David J. Joseph, and their scrap subsidiaries, uh, <laughs> trademark metals and uh, advantage metals. Uh, you know, subsidiaries of subsidiaries. But all that to say, Newcore's David J. Joseph uh, bought uh, Grossman Iron in St. Louis, which is your old neck of the woods when you're working at Becker. Uh, yes. Mega shredder there, located on the Mississippi River, and also Garden Street down in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Shredder there on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Um, you know, and from the, the, to these, you know, the Grossman acquisition um, makes a lot of sense. It's right on the water. Uh, Newcore is the dominant consumer. Uh, along the river system for, you know, tonnage of you know, shredded or bushling, whatever it might be, uh, traveling by barge um, gives them a big presence there. They've got new capacity coming online on the Ohio River with uh, their expansion at Gallatin and the new plate mill in Brandenburg. Both those are in Kentucky. Um, so, again, just about securing more of that piece of the pie in their kind of dominant regions. Right. Um, and, yeah, I mean, from your you obviously are familiar with Grossman having having traded in that area. Um how do you see this kind of maybe trade changing the dynamics maybe on the river? I think this gives Nucor a really great competitive advantage for switching up their tons internally. St. Louis is a really great strategic market for scrap. Uh, at my time at Becker, um, it really kind of uh, was an eye-opening experience where because they're centrally located on such a major waterway, you can go up the Ohio River, you can go up the Mississippi, you can go down the Mississippi. 
it essentially allows you access to multiple markets for relatively similar rates. So for Newport, this is going to be fantastic. Okay, so one month, maybe one of their mills on the Ohio River is coming up short, right? FBT might be sending a lot more of their tons to Cliffs Mills, and so they got to cover that. Well, Grossman's located in an area that they can easily send a barge up the Ohio River. Okay, let's talk about Northeast Arkansas, Newport Mills. They're coming up short. Maybe Big River is getting really competitive and sucking up all of the tons in that area. Okay, well, now Grossman can send their tons down to those mills. It's going to be very well positioned for Newport in that area. And that's really one of the areas in the country that they haven't secured any yards. I believe the closest yard before that would have been possibly outside of Kansas City, like Missouri, and then you got to go, I believe, an hour or two east into Kentucky. So this is going to be really great for them. Yeah, it continues a trend for them, I think. And, and this is a it kind of a fundamental reason for think, driving a lot of other than steelmakers having a lot of money to actually make these kind of acquisitions right now because of the record year they're they're enjoying. Um, yes. But it furthers a trend that we saw even dating back a year or two where they bought, uh, you know, some shredders in the Louisville area in Kentucky, mm-hmm. like you were saying, ahead of ahead of the new capacity coming online to kind of be ready to supply that with local tonnage and, and expand that footprint. So, yeah, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I, I think it just makes the river market, um, you know, a new course outsized kind of like being the dominant player there just continues to grow. Um, so anybody playing in that market now, um, you know, it's has definitely taken notice. Um, the garden street acquisition is interesting to me. I mean, trademark their their DJ's subsidiary down there in Florida is the, you know, the dominant recycler now in that state adds another shredder, um, you know, and one that's probably more geared towards the export market more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it, to me, that's an interesting play as well, kind of submitting their position there. Um, and what has become a bit more of a competitive market, too, because earlier this year, too, we saw a Peruvian steelmaker actually buy a shredder outside of Tampa that used to be mm-hmm. operated by Grimmel um, so they can send export cargoes to Peru, uh, you know, their regular buyer of U.S. scrap. Um, so that the market's actually been kind of um, a little bit more active without a lot of steelmaking capacity actually nearby in the state, right? Newcore has like the little mini mill or micro mill, I guess, and frost proof. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're looking at multiple angles with this. I think that's what it shows. Absolutely. Um, I, I would not be surprised if the Peruvian um, acquisition really spurred their M&A activity in, in Florida. They already dominate Florida from a scrap perspective. If you take a look at the scrap yards that are currently in Florida and then you mark off all the ones that are owned by Nucor or DJJ trademark metals, um, it's going to be covered. <laughs> it, there's been a few key players that have been independent, but you're starting to see them get bought up. And so if they want to keep tabs on what's happening um, with some of their competitors um, or to make sure that their scrap flows, import or export are not heavily threatened, this makes sense. Pick up the the one of the larger independent options in the area, especially when it's, you know, at such a large import export port for yeah. scrap. Well, and that kind of leads me to the next kind of company I wanted to focus on today, um, who's also been active in Florida, but on the Atlantic coast, uh, SA Recycling. Um, so not, we've been talking about steel mill driven 
um, acquisitions so far, which is a big part of what's happening. But the kind of large independent recyclers out there that aren't affiliated with the mill have been very active as well, and none more so than SA Recycling. So a California-based company, um, very dominant presence in you know Southern California and through the Southwest, but also increasing the last five years. Very much a big player in the southeastern U.S., um, buying up shredders like Newell Recycling several years ago um, and some other acquisitions. They bought several yards on the East Coast um, outside of Miami over there, um, trying to take advantage of the container export market over there. And then more, most recently, too, buying a shredder up in Nashville, uh, Southern Recycling, um, which also had a couple of um, feeder yards as well. And then a couple of deals in the Atlanta area we reported over the last week as well um, to kind of expand their kind of footprint. They're the dominant presence kind of in the Georgia, northern Georgia market. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's it just shows kind of where we're at today with not and everyone's kind of looking at what they do best and how to best uh, kind of to your point, take it enhance that competitive advantage they might have. Yes, absolutely. And SA has definitely done that. Um, if you take a look at the past five to 10 years, the shift of steelmaking capacity has moved to the South. And 100% of the steel that's manufactured in the South is made from electric arc furnaces that need scrap. So it makes sense for SA that started off as, you know, Southern California company to start making waves on the export front on the East Coast and then slowly growing into um, a large section of the Southern market. They're going to be a more dominant player. And it always is somewhat humorous to me when I talk to a new purchasing agent um, that's new to the metals industry. And they're always surprised to hear, well, wait, I'm buying more of tons from you that should be a discount well not in our industry if you have more tons to sell typically you can get a better price and so if you have more scrap yards you're going to be making more money because you have more tons and more power to to really push on those prices towards your consumers well and that, that that always threw me for a loop having started my career in commodities and agriculture where yeah volume meant a discount and it's the exact mm-hmm. opposite in this world um but I mean really I think the the mill the mill driven activity we've seen um it's kind of spurred an arms race here to make sure you're shoring yes. up your position so for the essays of the world in the over recent years you've seen alter trading up in the midwest be really active expanding uh, padnos uh you know basically making sure they have their presence there to to make sure they have a seat at the table here and it's not totally uh you know just dictated by steel mills i think obviously it becomes harder and harder for the little guy to compete um moving forward here um you know and i don't think we're done with this this activity uh there's a big big one's been on the trading block so to speak for a while now psc metals has been openly kind of they've been exploring icon enterprises which owns psc has been exploring a sale for them um you know, we're talking like eight or nine shredders, multiple locations across kind of the southern to St. Louis, up the river, up into Ohio kind of areas. Um, so that's an interesting one to watch for who might acquire that, because that's a, a lot of volume. Yes. Right there. Yeah. Absolutely. If you take a look at some of the other steel mill companies that do not have such a large, you know, swath of scrapyards that they own or any at all. I mean, that would be, uh, you know, for, for certain steel mills like. Um, Grudau or SSAB, I mean, PSE could be a viable option for them um, to get into that scrap game. Honestly, when the, you know, the CEO of Cleveland Cliffs announced at a steel conference a couple months ago that they're going to get into this, you know, the scrap game, immediately everyone starts creating the list of who's going to be the top people, um, who's, who's going to get acquired. And PSE 
almost always made uh, everyone's list as at least like a top three candidate. So it's it's possible that Cliffs is not done purchasing. Um, it's possible that perhaps Nucor or SDI or other EAF steel mills are still interested in PSC. So I don't think we're we're done uh, in that regards. Yeah, I mean, I think any of them are, are viable options right now, and and some of the larger independent guys out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we and and we've seen people come out of left field, like we're talking about with um, Acero Saraquipa in uh, in Florida from out of Peru. Um, we've seen American Iron and Metal buy Shredder in Phoenix. Uh, you know, kind of you know really. What then? That wasn't really on many people's radars, I don't think. Uh, and her blacks told our Brad McCall, our Brad McCullough that they're looking to expand to the U.S. further to kind of you know enhance their kind of position as he maybe thinks about kind of their future and legacy. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I, I you know and to your point too, I mean you have U.S. Steel out here who mm-hmm. also is new to the EAF game via they built the EAF in Alabama at Fairfield, they acquired Big River Steel in Arkansas, which is now expand double its capacity is ramped up um, be more integrated into their steelmaker processes they just announced a new three million ton mill to be built we don't know where yet uh so you know we're that will probably definitely determine maybe some activity uh but you know the name of the game now is make sure you have a, a piece of the scrap game and they, they don't have it yet so i think that's one also maybe to keep an eye out on uh, moving forward Absolutely. Um, and, you know, TikTok, um, you know, to avoid some some taxes with all the uh, profits people have been making this year, we need to see some more acquisitions before year end. Um, companies are flush with cash right now, and it makes sense to, you know, uh, from a raw material standpoint, but also from, you know, a corporate tax strategy to make some purchases before the year end. I see. I like you bringing that accounting uh, aspect to this. Yeah, because... Uh, <laughs> My brain probably wouldn't have thought of that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but there's the, and again, I think the general trend we're seeing right now is this new capacity. You mentioned the U.S. steel mill, Nucor also building a new three million ton sheet mill. Um, they've said that one's either going to be in West Virginia, Ohio, West Virginia, Ohio, or Pennsylvania. Um, odds are that's probably going to be near a river. I would say the Ohio River, just given where yes. their raw materials yes. coming from. Uh, and, you know, they've also said they're going to be building and putting in a new melt shop out west at one of their existing bar mills, um, which they currently melt in Seattle and Utah. Uh, they don't melt in Arizona. So that to me seems like, you know, if they're going to put one in, that's where they're not melting. But you never know. Um, and then Cleveland Clips were in, in their their FBT announcement said they have no plans to build a new EAF mill. But um, they've previously told us that they in the future, maybe more long term, are expecting to get more in the EAF game. Um, you know, to stay competitive. And I think you're seeing now, too, so much shifting towards um, Nucor make the announcement for sending green steel to GM, supplying them with this new carbon, you know, neutral steel. And EAFs obviously are a way to get that easier than if you're going the traditional blast furnace route. So definitely the wind's blowing that way. And it feels like, you know, that's going to continue to drive more and more investment in the EAF space. And scrap is only become, as Cliffs has said, a precious, it's the new precious metal. <laughs> Humble old scrap metal is now a precious metal. I don't know if I buy that quite, but it definitely is going to, the, the demand arrow is pointing up, I think. Yes, I, I, I agree with the precious metal aspect. If we keep shifting capacity from integrated to EAFs, I mean, you're already seeing it in the South where 100% of it's made from you know, scrap metal, essentially, we're going to ignore the um, 
iron metallics uh, substitutes on that front. But generally speaking, that is going to be driving where steel production is coming. Um, you know, that's where the latest and greatest technology is. That's where you can get your greater profit margins is uh, in the EAF world. So it it makes sense for these companies to start moving that way. If uh, if you're having trouble uh, keeping track of all the mergers and acquisitions that um, have been happening, uh, Argus keeps tabs of that. And we produce a data and downloads list for all of our uh, metal subscribers. And so that's available on our website at any given point. Um, and we also keep tabs of the upcoming capacity that's coming online in the steel mill world as well. So if you are a subscriber, check out the platform. If you are not, feel free to reach out to us um, and we can we can talk to you about um, options that Argus has. Yeah, and I mean, uh, and our team does a great job of staying on top of this. Um, every deal we can we can confirm and track down, covering it as it happens. Um, email news alerts with blowing up your inbox with all this activity, I'm sure. Uh, so uh, keep an eye out because it's only going to continue to grow. And that tracker that we've, we've launched is uh, that list is going to get longer, I think, here. So it's an exciting time. Uh, it really is. Yes, yes, it absolutely is. Keeps yeah. it interesting. For sure. Well, well, thanks, Jennifer, for joining me today and uh, on our inaugural Metal Movers podcast here. Um, I think we've you, covered man. a lot of a lot of uh, cool stuff and hopefully we'll be doing more of these in the future. Yes, I, I, I hope so. I, I look forward to the to the next topic that comes up. 